try that one more time. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh, man, you guys are much better than the 5 o'clock, but you're better looking as well. Uh, so appreciate, yeah, I say that's all the ladies. Uh, super glad that you're here worshiping with us, uh, carving out uh, an hour out of your Christmas night. How many of you have any shopping left to do that you want to admit? Uh, first service had uh, several people that still had to run to like Safeway to get something for their family. So uh, hopefully you've all taken care of it. I trust that you have. Uh, but thanks for carving out just a little bit of time. I, I know this is a very, very busy season, but it's also an unbelievably exciting uh, season to gather as a church family. And so if you're a guest or a visitor, or maybe you were brought by some family, dragged here by some family. Nevertheless, we're glad that you're here and, and worshiping with us. Hopefully, uh, you get some hot apple cider, and, and we'll get you out of here in a little bit uh, with some candle lighting, but we're glad that you're here. We have a new series that's coming up after this series uh, in a couple weeks called Blueprints, and that's where we're going to be opening the scriptures and looking at what the Bible has to say about very specific cultural topics. Uh, uh, oftentimes, any Thing that is even culturally related, there's this idea that Scripture can't speak to it. And we believe the opposite, that, that the idea that Scripture speaks very directly to uh, culture. And so we're going to be cracking the Scriptures and, and taking a quick look at that. So we invite you to come back and, and be a part of that. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and, and pray with me before we get ready uh, to jump in tonight. We'll be in the book of Galatians and also uh, the book of Luke. All the passages will be on the screen. Um, but uh, let's, let's pause our hearts just for a moment and, and make sure that we're thinking correctly as we approach the scriptures. So Lord, our prayer is that we take um, a pretty uh, routine story for a lot of us that we've heard over and over and over and allow it to speak new truths, new ideas, um, new hope for some, and that you would even make your way around this room, and for those who are listening in the confines of wherever they listen, I pray that you would speak and, and capture hearts. God, the last thing we want to do is just go through the motions. We want to be pleasing and honoring to your word. And so please come now and do what only you can do and speak. And we pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. I'd like to invite you tonight to think about a, a significant event in your life, something where, where it took an incredible amount of effort to plan and to prepare, where you were anticipating, you were getting ready for something. I want you to picture that in your mind right now. You're never going to have to share it with me or anyone else unless you want to, but I want you to picture it. What comes to mind when you picture that majorly huge event? Maybe it's getting your driver's license. Do you remember getting your driver's license? For some of you, it was a way long time ago, uh, and some of you, it was not too long ago. Uh, some of you are in driver's ed right now, and you're going to be getting it. But for those of you who already have your driver's license, you took driver's ed. It used to be done in the school, right? You didn't have to sign up for some outside uh, class. It was part of your high school schedule. And you took driver's ed. You had hours and hours of driving. You were rightfully yelled at by your parents to break. 
your mom stayed home. She refused to drive with you, many of you, because uh, it would cause her to cuss or, or, or put her in counseling or make her have a heart attack. So dad drove with you because, like, why do that to mom? Do you remember that? You, you spent hours in the most beautiful and wonderful place in the world, not Disneyland, the DMV. And you sat there and you endured, but you did it. Do you remember that? Maybe it was graduation from high school or from college. Some of you still remember graduating from high school or college. Class after class, paper after paper, homework assignments, pulling all-nighters because you procrastinated and you had to cram the night before, but you did it and you walked. Do you remember that? Maybe it was a wedding. Maybe it was your wedding. Maybe it was one of your kids' weddings. The flowers had to be ordered. The tuxedos had to be just right. The dresses had to be perfect. And then those got changed to more perfect ones. And then those got changed. And so on and so on. DJs had to be booked. All of these things to make sure that everything was just right. What comes to mind for you? Maybe it was the anticipation of a birth of a child. A lot of you parents can still remember the anxiousness of waiting for the birth of that kid. Or maybe it was the European vacation that you booked. Some of you are like, what European vacation? We're going to Pueblo this summer. No European vacation for you. Or maybe it was that moment, this is my moment, that when you anticipate when the kids finally go to bed and it's just you time. Anyone else like anticipate that? I usually start about seven in the morning, not too early, but I start looking forward to seven at night around seven in the morning. What comes to mind where you anticipated, you worked, you planned, you prepared? for that big event. You see, the Christmas story, the Christmas story told in the Bible is not different than that. An incredible amount of work, an incredible amount of planning and preparation went into this, but no human being was responsible for any of the planning, any of the preparation. God was. In fact, the Bible says when everything was in order for that big day, it was time. In fact, that's how the Apostle Paul puts it in Galatians chapter 4. It was time for Jesus. It was Christmas time. But why? Why why then? Why that year? Why that moment? Why why did it have to be then? And I want to suggest to you tonight, it's because everything was right. Everything was in place. The preparation was complete and the world was ready to receive Jesus Christ. You see, in in 1 AD, in, in first century, Rome dominated the world. In fact, Rome had conquered all the other uh, empires uh, throughout the region and Rome ruled. And you could argue whether that was a good thing or a bad thing, but the reality is the war stopped. And Rome was in charge. They called it the Pax Romana. There was no more wars going on. It was also a a time of great mobility. We have, 
you know, McCaslin and South Boulder and the 25. We have all this, these ways to get around. That was way new for first century Rome. But they now had roads that interconnected different cities. And these roads weren't just in existence. They had armed guards protecting people so that you could travel without fear. In fact, when we say the world was ready, it was the most safe time our world had ever seen because Rome was in charge. There was increased communication. It was actually the first time there was a universal language in the Greek where everybody communicated. It was easy to communicate with one another. And words spread very, very quickly when one event happened to the next. The world was ready. And so why did God choose that night? Why, why did God choose that moment to bring his son into the world? Because he didn't want the world to miss his message. And I want to suggest to you tonight that you're here because God doesn't want you to miss his message. Regardless of your faith background, whether you are very close to God, or you, you deem yourself to be super far away from God, he doesn't want you to miss his message of joy and hope and love because that night, that Christmas night, the world was ready. Everything was clicking. In fact, uh, historians will say there was an unbelievable thirst in the air for people wanting something of substance, they were tired of spiritualness because in those times, much like ours, spiritualness blew in and blew out. It came and then it left and there wasn't something of substance. And so the world was thirsty for something that would be sustaining over the long haul. And so God then steps in and says, well, I have a solution. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ. Look with me briefly at Galatians chapter 4, starting in verse 4. The scriptures say this, But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born to a woman, born under the law, that is, uh, the oppression, the weight of law, trying to be good enough, trying to do what it takes, and knowing nothing ever measured up. Born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons and daughters, when the time had fully come. Now, Paul writes this in the Greek. He writes to the church in Galatia. And we read in our English standard versions, we read when the time had fully come. In the original language, it talks about when the fullness of time had come. It's a reversing of words because the fullness was what was most important to the ancient Greeks. In fact, they would use this idea, this word fullness, to describe a vase, if you would, being filled up with water. Maybe you've seen your kids do this, where they're just filling it, and they look away, and they're still kind of filling it, and it gets to the very, very top, and it begins to overflow over. For the ancient Greeks, that's what the fullness meant of a cup just being filled up and just overflowing when there was no more room, if you would, and it was time. But still, the question can be begged to you and to me, that's great, but why Jesus? 
Why not accomplish it some other way? Why, why did it have to be him? Why, why couldn't it be someone named George? Why was it Jesus that night? The Bible says Jesus was sent to redeem the people under the law. The law, the Bible says, were condemned to death because of sin. And friends, that includes you and I. This is the downside of the story. There's an upside. There's a celebration. There's a joy to the world. There's a lighting of the candles. And we will get to that. But there's a downside. Jesus was sent. He had to come because you and I and those before us, we had a death sentence because of our sin. And so Jesus comes to redeem and he redeems by dying on the cross. He took our death, as Alex mentioned earlier, and he died. But because of that, he offers new life. He offers forgiveness. He offers joy. He offers to enter into your world. Not just as a baby born in a manger, he offers to enter into your world, your circumstances, the context of your life. Not some far off, distant being God who's out of touch with who you are, but he wants to enter into that. But see, here's the other reality. Jesus is the only one that can do that. No other religion can do that. No, no special recited mantra can accomplish that. No spiritual enlightenment can accomplish that. It's only in that royal baby, Jesus. That night, it wasn't just the world that was ready. God had been preparing the world. That is absolutely to be sure. But it was more than just the world. In fact, he had been preparing two individuals that he was going to use to accomplish his great mission. We look at this in the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2. Before we read it, I, I just want to give a, a brief background. If you're new to the Bible or, or new to church or this really isn't your thing, you were just brought by someone, let me help you understand things a little bit before we jump into it. A census had been issued. You had to register. And that is that, that Caesar had issued this census that everyone had to go back to their hometown where they were born to register. It'd be, how many of you are not originally Colorado people? Right. All right, so a census would be, you had to go home, wherever that is, Iowa, Missouri, Arkansas, God forbid, like wherever you had to go, you had to go back to that place and register. That was the reality. And Joseph was from Bethlehem, but he's currently living in Nazareth with his unbelievably very pregnant wife, Mary, at the time. We're not talking like a month into being pregnant or two months. She is very, 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 very pregnant, experts say. Now, it's important that we don't gloss over this because some of you ladies in the room know what it's like to be very, very, very pregnant. And for most part, it's very, very, very not fun once you're at that stage. Some of the guys just don't even say, I get it, I understand, you just don't even say a word because that just gets you in trouble. It was a crazy trip, 80 miles from where Mary and Joseph were to the place where they had to go to check in, if you would, to the government center, to check in, to, to do their census. 80 miles. 
on very, very steep, bumpy, gravel, sometimes unknown road to get where they're going. Experts would say a normal traveler, that is not ready to pop, it would take four to seven days to make that journey. Now, I want you women in this room to think about when you were about eight and a half months pregnant, how would you have liked to jumped on a donkey? At all jumped on a donkey, much less at minimum four to seven, eight, ten days of a bumpy journey. I suggest you might be grumpy by the time you got there. But that night... God finally was able to put in place Mary and Joseph exactly where he wanted them. The planning had been done and the conditions were perfect. But why? Why was that? Why was the timing so critical? And, and why was even the city so important? All these different details, hundreds of, of different prophecies fulfilled on that night when Jesus was born. Why? What's the big deal? Well, one of them is significant. 700 years earlier, a prophet named Micah promised a savior born in Bethlehem. This was King David's hometown. And Jesus, we know, is part of the lineage of David. Now, Americans, we have nothing to do with royalty, but boy, do we watch it. Anything happens in the royal family, we are glued to that TV. They have a baby, they get engaged, they buy a new pair of jeans. We know about it, we read about it, we tune in. This was time for a royal birth. It was Christmas time. And in Luke chapter 2, verses 4 through 7, it says this, And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was one of the house in the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, don't miss this, the time came for her to give birth. It wasn't random, it wasn't circumstantial, it wasn't just by chance, but the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her very firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. The time had fully come. The conditions were perfect. And it was time for God to act. This is amazing. God had put everything into motion, the planning, the phone calls, the bookings, all the preparations, moving people around, making sure the food was right. God set everything in motion. It was perfect. And everyone was in position ready for the big event. The world was ready for Jesus. Are you ready for Jesus? Are you ready tonight? Are you ready to hear what he has to say to you? Are you ready for, for the magnitude of hope and joy? Are, are you ready for everything that he offers you? Are you ready for what's next? Because his timing is perfect. 
You see, friends, God went to great lengths that night to make sure everything was just right. And I suggest to you tonight, he has gone to great lengths to make sure the conditions are perfect for you. As you sit here and you listen to his voice. And only you know what that is. It's this special intimacy with you and God. What's his timing right for you tonight? What's he saying? What's the plan? What's he been working at? And you know that you know that you know he's up to something. The world was ready. Are you? Maybe you've had a crisis in your life. Maybe your marriage has been struggling and you are absolutely without answers. Maybe your, your parenting uh, skills or your parenting methods, just they're not working. But you don't know what else to do. Maybe your finances are in shambles because you've tried to handle everything on your own, you've made some poor decisions, and now what? Maybe you've lost your job again and you're tired of constant change. God has been getting you ready for the fullness of time. And often what God does is he takes significant monumental moments like a Christmas Eve to grab you by the shoulders and to speak truth to you. Are you ready to hear from him? Are you ready to hear the truth that he has to say to you? It might be a word of encouragement or it might be to shake you up, but he wants to speak. The last thing he wants is for a Christmas Eve to come and go. And you leave here tonight and I'm going to get Chinese. Maybe you're going to go get Italian or Mexican or, or you're just going to go to bed, whatever you're going to do. But the last thing he wants is for you just to leave here, get in your car and miss it. And go, oh, that was a nice Christmas Eve service. Oh, it's kind of fun to light the candle. All right, what are we doing now? Maybe you've had a moral failure and you're sitting here tonight and the weight of your embarrassment and your shame is too much to take. Or maybe you're entangled into something bad. I don't know what that is, but you're here and you don't know how to get out of it. Are you ready tonight? Maybe it's not even a crisis. Maybe it's, it's emptiness or boredom or routine and, and you leave here and you go out into the very crisp night and you look to the skies and you look over to our mountains and you go, there's got to be more. There has to be more. But you don't know where to start. There's something deep inside of you that's bubbling up and you know that there's got to be more in this world than what you see. And I want to shout from the rooftops, it's Jesus. And the life, the adventure, the hope, the peace that he offers is what causes us to scream and dance around and be filled with joy. Joy. 
God has been getting you ready for just the right timing. And timing's, timing's interesting, right? If you use that pickup line with someone you're interested in a little too early, it could get a little awkward. That quarterback throws the pass a little bit too late. He goes from being the hero of all time to the enemy and villain of all time. Timing's everything. You miss your flight. You only missed it by one minute, but the door is shut. You're in trouble. They're not opening it. Your, your kid is in, in a Christmas pageant, but their part is only 30 seconds and you're one minute late. Yeah, not good. Timing's everything. And God has been getting you ready for this time. Because there's a what next. There's a now what. There's an answer to that. And it's powerful if you'll let it be. If you'll embrace that conversation with him and go, man, what is your timing? What are you doing? Because the Bible says if you're looking for it, you will not go without answer. If you're searching, you will find it. And his timing is always right. God intervened perfect during Abraham and Isaac's moment at just the right time. 120 years without rain, not a single drop. And at just the right time, it begins to rain on Moses, or excuse me, on Noah. At just the right time, when food is running out, God sends Elijah. And at just the right time, Jesus was born. Just so happens the world was ready. God is never late. He's never late. And he's never early. His timing is perfect. May not make sense to you, but his timing is right on. You might be here tonight and, and you're seeking something deeper. Or you might be here tonight and you're like, I'm not seeking anything. In fact, I'm so far from God and I'm good with that. I want nothing to do with God. Or you might be here tonight and, and, and you've been walking with God your entire life. You're a mature follower of Christ. And I want to say the message is the same to each and every one of you, regardless of what camp you're in. And that is God wants to do something in you. You might hold him at bay. You might say, I don't want to hear it. I just wanted to do a Christmas Eve service and grab some cider and go home and open a gift and, and eat. The message is the same. The Prince of Heaven is here for the taking and wants to speak to you because He loves you. He's crazy about you. He, not, he might not come in and just sweep all your problems away, but you know where the joy comes is he wants to be a part of that with you and to help you and to walk with you. So on this Christmas night, we jump around like that crazy girl. See her siblings watching her? 
Like they don't know if she's eaten something or she's gone crazy or what's going on, but she's just running around in joy. She loves her father. may seem crazy to this world. But I want to say, if you love your father, just dance around. Rest in that joy. Because he's the ultimate source of joy. He gives hope and and he restores and he makes things new. And, And I want to just say, are you ready for something new? AD, Rome was ready for something new. The conditions were perfect. And God spoke. And life was created in Jesus. Are you ready for a new night? Are you ready for a new year? Are you ready for for new relationships, a a, a new uh, starting over in a a new marriage, a a new attitude at work, uh, a, a new focus on what God has for you? Are you ready? Are you ready? Because He is. Don't miss tonight. Don't miss tonight because you already know this. The timing is perfect. He's here. He's ready. So at this Christmas, on behalf of all of us as a church, as a church family, from Sandy and I and our kids, Merry Christmas. We hope that you have the best Christmas ever. That stuff's being thrown around and you're just filled with joy. Why? Because... God loves you. And that changes everything. The team has prepared a gift for you. It's a special song, and I'm going to encourage you, just stay seated. Just listen. Listen to the words. Allow that to be a gift to you. Uh, Allow yourself just to kind of sit. If you want, you can even close your eyes. Um, But contemplate. Listen talk back. Spend time with your Father and allow this to be a gift to you.
Jesus' feet.